This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Air conditioner suspected in deaths of Americans at Bahamas Resort. U.S. charges third suspect in assassination of Haitian President Moise. CARICOM wants inclusive summit of the Americas. Guyana signs air services agreement with Saudi Arabia. New U.S. $500 million regional conglomerate on the horizon. And Barbados wins two Caribbean Renewable Energy Forum Industry Awards. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, May 10th. We start a report today in the Bahamas. Bahamasnews.net reports that after three Americans were found dead and another hospitalized on May 6, a faulty air conditioner leaking toxic coolant is believed responsible for the deaths of the tourists on holiday at the Sandals Emerald Bay Resort in Exuma. The report state that most air conditioners use the chemical Freon as a coolant, which is a toxic gas that is tasteless and mostly odorless, which can prove fatal if inhaled over a prolonged period of time. Samples extracted from the three American tourists who died at the resort have been sent to a lab in the United States to expedite results and help authorities understand what happened, officials said Monday. In a statement to the Daily Mail.com on May 6, a Sandals spokesperson said they were cooperating with the police investigation but did not comment on inquiries regarding claims about the faulty air conditioner unit. HaitiNews.net via Voice of America reports that the United States on Monday charged a former Haitian senator with conspiring to kill Haitian President Jovenel Moise, the third suspect to be charged by the Department of Justice for the United States as the Caribbean nation's own probe into the murder remains stalled. John Joel Joseph, who Haitian police described as a suspect several days after the murder last July, fled Haiti by boat and was arrested in Jamaica in January for entering the country illegally. He was later extradited to the United States. Joseph faces charges of conspiring to commit murder or kidnapping outside of the United States and providing material support resulting in debt, according to U.S. Department of Justice news release. U.S. prosecutors in January filed similar charges against Rodolfe Jar, a dual Haitian Chilean citizen, and Mario Palacios, a former Colombian soldier who Haitian police said was part of a five-man team that entered Moise's bedroom to gun him down. Haiti's judicial proceedings into the assassination have stalled, with four judges on the case quitting amid complaints about debt threats and concerns for their personal security. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Foreign and CARICOM Affairs Minister Trinidad and Tobago, Dr. Amory Brown, said on Monday that both Trinidad and Tobago and CARICOM's preference would be for the Summit of the Americas, scheduled for the United States next month, to be one that is inclusive rather than exclusionary. His comments came as a debate rages whether or not CARICOM countries should boycott the event over the the non-inclusion of Venezuela and Cuba. CARICOM is 
of the position that we must continue to advocate at all levels for the inclusion of the governments of Cuba and Venezuela at the Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles, said Brown in a Caribbean Media Corporation story. Trinidad and Tobago has been doing its part in that regard, led by Prime Minister of Trinidad and Tobago. And we have raised this issue with the U.S. Special Envoy for the Ninth Summit, former Senator Chris Dodd, and with a range of other high-level contacts within the U.S. system, Brown told the Caribbean Media Corporation. CARICOM leaders also are not in favor of an invitation being extended to Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido instead of President Nicolas Maduro for the June 6th to 10th summit that Washington said is expected to focus on building a sustainable, resilient, and equitable future for the hemisphere. Leaders of the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, who met over last weekend to discuss the issue, were due to meet again on Monday evening with Antigua and Barbuda and St. Vincent and the Grenadines, already indicating that the sub-regional grouping would not support an invitation going to Giardio while also leaving out President Miguel Diaz-Canel of Cuba. St. Vincent and the Grenadines Prime Minister Dr. Rolf Gonzalez told CMC that if Yadio goes to represent Venezuela, it would be an act of folly by the Americans. And I think it will be unlikely that Caribbean governments would go. CARICOM leaders have in the past reiterated their position of non-interference in the internal affairs of Venezuela and said they were prepared to mediate the process to bring about a peaceful resolution to the crisis. St. Martin Island Times reports that delegations from parliaments of Curaçao, Aruba, and St. Martin met on Tuesday, May 3rd for a tripartite discussion. The aim of the meeting was to prepare for the kingdom's interparliamentary consultation, as well as to discuss issues of mutual interest. Among the topics discussed were a proposal on the disputed regulations, current relations within the kingdom, bottlenecks and proposals for improvement, discussions on the proposal of the Caribbean Development and Reform Agency, presentations by a delegation of the Island Council of St. Eustatius on the subject of democracy, or lack thereof in St. Eustatius, and by extension, the kingdom and the restoration of regular democratic order in St. Eustatius, and discussions of the petition submitted on behalf of the St. Martin Parliament to the UN Special Rapporteur on Racism. The meeting was considered to be very successful. Crider News reports that on Monday, May 9th, Guyana signed an air services agreement with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to promote and facilitate the expansion of international air services opportunities between two countries. Guyana was invited by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to sign the agreement and participate in the Future Aviation Forum, which is currently being held in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, during the period of May 9th to 11th. The agreement 
address matters pertaining to grant of rights, designation and revocation, user charges, recognition of certificates and licenses, tariffs, commercial opportunities, fair competition, environmental protection, among other matters. Presently, there is no direct flight between Guyana and Saudi Arabia. However, the agreement puts in place the legal framework that opens the market access for airlines to operate and enhance competitive air transportation services trade and economic growth between the two countries. The Gulf carriers from the United Arab Emirates, Qatar and Saudi Arabia have been playing a significant role in global connectivity for passengers and cargo over the last two decades. Saudi, the national airline of Saudi Arabia, is the third largest airline in the Middle East in terms of revenue behind Emirates and Qatar Airways. The airline operates international flights to over 94 destinations in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, Europe, and North America. Through the signature of the Guyana-Saudi Arabia Air Services Agreement, it is anticipated that it will serve as an impetus for Saudia, the national airline of Saudi Arabia, to explore services to Guyana, Latin America, and the Caribbean, since the airline does not have a presence in this region of the world. The signing of this agreement is in keeping with the government's commitment of connecting Guyana with the rest of the world. The agreement complements more than 50 air service agreements Guyana has established with other international civil aviation organization states for the development of the airlink among states. Guyana and Saudi Arabia established formal diplomatic relations on February 22, 2012. CARICOM Business Newsletter reports that Seaprod Limited is moving to acquire a 100-year-old Trinidad and Tobago company, A.S. Bryden & Sons Holding, to create the leading integrated manufacturing and distribution group in the Caribbean, the company said in a joint statement. Their combined revenues is estimated at $500 million U.S. dollars. Together, Jamaica-based Seprod and A.S. Bryden with a team of close to 3,000 employees, will supply food, pharmaceutical, premium beverage, hardware, and industrial companies with an expanded portfolio of their own manufactured brands, the company said. The transaction is subject to regulatory approval. The deal is expected to close by May 31st. And finally, Barbados Today reports that Barbados has won two awards at the recently held Caribbean Renewable Energy Forum Industry Awards. The awards are for the best energy efficient projects for the energy efficient retrofit of public streetlights and the best e-mobile project for the introduction of electric mobility into public transportation at the Transportation Board. New Energy Events, host of Caribbean Renewable Energies Forums, the largest annual gathering of the regional energy markets, announced the 12 winners of its fourth annual Caribbean Renewable Energies Forums Industrial Awards during a meeting which was held from April 26 to 28 in Miami, Florida, USA. The award recognized excellence in 
and the people projects and programs driving the clean energy transition in the Caribbean. Barbados's program manager at the Ministry of Energy and Business Development, Project Execution Unit, Keisha Reed, and Monitoring and Evaluation Specialist, Claire Best, accepted the award on behalf of the government. Ms. Reed told the Barbados Government Information Service that she was pleased the country's clean energy efforts were being recognized and rewarded. Ms. Reed thanked the Barbados Light and Power Company and the Ministry of Transportation and Works for their work on the project, saying that it was a critical partnership. A press release from New Energy Events explained that the awards were established to recognize those leaders in the Caribbean energy sector who are making a lasting impact on the development of resilient and renewable energy systems in the region. The other award winners were 2021-2022 Caribbean Energy Leader MVP, Deputy Premier Walter Roban, Government of Bermuda, Best Distributed Generation Project, one megawatt solar and storage project, Montserrat Utilities Limited and the government of Montserrat. Best energy storage project, Chub Key Microgrid by Compass Solars Limited, Bahamas. Best environmental social governance project, Cosma Yubicoa Clinic, Puerto Rico, Elum Energy and Pura Energia. Best Green Hydro Project, CEOG by HDF Energy, French Guiana. Best Microgrid Project, Highburn Key PV Microgrid by Bahamas Energy and Solar Supply and Solar Island Energy, Bahamas. And finally, Best Renewable Energy Financing, the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, First Caribbean. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, May 10th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.